0: Welcome to episode 2 of Ready Set Invest a podcast where we share stories about successful entrepreneurs and explore business opportunities in emerging industries. I'm your host Amanda Simonuk. During this episode my co-host Ryan Jackson and I will be looking back on 2017 events that created new business opportunities, major developments in real estate and looking at how entrepreneurs have reached new markets from our city in the corner of Southeast Alberta. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, Amanda. Happy to be here. Uh, I am the CEO of Invest Medicine Hat uh, and also an entrepreneur and investor and business owner. So uh, I can come at you with a few different perspectives and look forward to having more discussion.
0: So 2017 was a big year for land development in Medicine Hat. Um, First of all, the Medicine Hat Mall started a $15 million renovation and opened up some new stores. They got a Marshalls, a HomeSense in the old Target Bay and there's also an Oshkosh that opened and Livian Rose will be opening next year. Uh, They are still working on turning the old food court into a new area for stores And the general manager said they'll know what's happening with the vacant Sears Bay in the new year. So this mall is over 30 years old and hasn't been renovated for a while. What's the renovation a signal of, do you
1: think? Well, I think like anything, and we're gonna talk about development a little later on, but it's really kind of down to new ownership of the mall here in the last couple, three years. So I think when any time you look at an asset or you're investing in real estate, You look at the opportunity that it has to either either be refurbished or refreshed so in this particular case it was just it was time it was time to renovate and update and and be a little bit more uh like an outdoor strip mall kind of feel it reduces their operating costs when they do that so i think a number of factors but uh, most of all i think the city of medicine hat just demonstrated the uh, appetite to have something that would be at the mall
0: Another notable Reno is uh, fire hall number two. So Chelsea and Travis Sigelco bought that vacant building from the city in February. And they're going to put a 3,000 square foot jewelry store. One of the biggest in Canada, actually. And there's also a barbershop and a restaurant opening up, too. So why would they choose to renovate and repurpose this building, do you think?
1: We've done a few in our development company as well, and sometimes it just has a better economic model to do a renovation versus building a greenfield development, depending on the market, depending on the location, and of course, uh, if you have some tenants that want to take over the space, and you can come in usually at a little bit less per square foot than a greenfield development can. So, a number of factors again, but uh, the majority of it is the location because you're going into a city area where there's already traffic patterns established, and you have an opportunity to leverage that.
0: There's another two notable land developments, which are actually Greenfield ones. Um, Lansdowne Equity Ventures and Meadowlands Corporation are developing land at the south end of the city, which is some of the last left in that area lansdown broke ground on a residential area it's called hamptons 2c and they did this in october more than half of the 45 lots have sold in what is expected to be a 25 million dollar investment and the 2018 show homes in the parade of homes and kinsmen lottery are expected to be in that neighborhood Don Sanford, the CEO of Landstone, was pleased about how easy it was to work with the city in getting the project underway. It took them less than a year to get it serviced and ready for new homes. Timelines seem to have changed in working with the city because that is like pretty fast, isn't it?
1: It is. Uh, definitely, there has been a, a change with respect to the processes that uh, you go through as a developer with the city and things have definitely uh, improved over the no- last number of years as it relates to uh, having projects green-lighted with the city, whether it be a, an infill, like we just discussed, or greenfield. So uh, seeing an outside uh, developer such as Lansdowne come in and continue to make investments, because they've been here now for a few years, So, uh, but they do have a number of projects that they've done in the past, and it's positive to see that they're continuing to reinvest uh, money into the city and, and also have uh, good success with dealing with the city.
0: There's also a lot of commercial activity in the south end too. So Meadowlands and Canalta are both developing hotels and you know, using up some of the last prime commercial real estate in that area. Um, where do we see this going?
1: Well, there's a significant uh, increase in the amount of construction, both Greenfield and of course Brownfield uh, with the new Savon location as well, and Tim Hortons and 7-Eleven. Construction is counter-cyclical typically, and especially when it comes to commercial real estate development. Usually when you see a downturn, that's when developers start to make plans to build, because there's a certain amount of time before you actually see them finished, and the whole idea is that by the time they're done, the economy has turned and you've seen an increase in traffic and you started to see some more disposable income and more employment and everything else so it's not uncommon to see that in the south end though we're starting to see it getting filled so what what we do expect to see or what I expect to see going forward is more activity in the Box Springs area in the northeast uh, or northwest corner of the city uh, near the canal to center as well probably some more hotels and uh, some other things as well, but um, the majority of the population is on this end. So it does stand to reason that you're going to have more commercial development to service that population.
0: We're seeing a lot of activity that's setting the stage for future investment into the city, but we're also seeing some new business too. In August, Atlantis Research Labs, it's a Saskatchewan company that recently moved to Alberta, acquired a local fabrication company, Formtech Machining, to manufacture their methane gas incineration technology called PureJet. This partnership is anticipated to create 200 jobs in the next five years. What's significant about this partnership and the type of jobs it might create?
1: Well, I think what we're seeing now is a a shift away from the oil and gas sector specific manufacturing so purejet is a clean tech it's a clean technology that allows for methane to be basically eliminated without flaring it off in the way of a traditional flare stack so i think and to my earlier point about the construction being counter cyclical we're starting to see a bounce we're starting to see jobs uh, be taken up by other employers atlantis being one of them And so seeing Formtech be acquired by a company that's building something that is in a way still related to oil and gas, but in a different way in clean technology as opposed to a traditional fabrication of um, tanks or pumps and pump jacks, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of different things that are happening in the sector and Medicine Hat is uniquely positioned to be able to take advantage of those because we have the skills uh, for that type of activity. Speaking
0: of important contracts, there was another one in 2017. In November, uh, Methanex, the leading supplier of methanol to international markets, announced it signed a long-term natural gas supply agreement with Painted Pony Energy, which secures the future of the 6, 600,000 tonne, methanol plant in Medicine Hat. So the agreement includes a competitive fixed rate for natural gas and by 2023 Painted Pony will be supplying roughly 80 to 90 percent of the plant's requirements. So speaking of suppliers, the city of Medicine Hat's new power plant officially went on the grid. The city, which interestingly owns its own utilities, invested $55.7 million into this plant, which can generate up to 43 megawatts of extra power, and it's located north of the city, surrounded by industry and some vacant land. So why would this extra power capacity be beneficial for business?
1: Well, you know, further to my earlier comment about being counter-cyclical, so when you try and anticipate a need for a market you always want to be in advance of building for it if we have a large power user want to come to the city to relocate to the city and we've had a number of them inquire as of late uh, there's going to be we need the capacity now so it's not unlike service land or available land that has utilities to it having the capacity in advance of the need unfortunately sometimes doesn't sound like it makes sense but it actually makes perfect sense because you need to have that ability to have a turnkey power solution for these large suppliers or these large producers so uh very important and the extra power capacity is definitely going to get used up over the uh even the short to mid term
0: well i was going to ask you how long you thought it would be till it's needed but you answered the question yeah I did. <laughs> um So, there's opportunity for new industry with this power plant, and there's also some that's been discovered. The city has traditionally been known as an oil and gas-rich center, but lately they've been exploring some opportunities in helium. Helium is an inert gas that's in demand for manufacturing things like health equipment and aircraft. It's also used in the $330 billion semiconductor industry. Within a few weeks of the newspaper announcing the city's plans to drill for helium, the wheel group said it plans to have a helium liquefaction plant operating in Medicine Hat by 2019. So how is our city in a position to get value from helium?
1: Well, not too dissimilar to gas as it relates to the fact that it is a gas, although it's inert, unlike natural gas, Um, it is important to understand that Extraction of gas is going to be our business. So the City of Medicine Hat, of course, recognizes this. We have the ecosystem that allows us to leverage service companies, drillers, um, all those things that you need, trucking to be able to take advantage of something like that. So where we were drilling for natural gas and um, producing natural gas before, helium is not that big a pivot. So we're ready to take advantage of it. More unique uh, a gas for sure, but we're able to take advantage of it quicker than anybody else can.
0: 2017 was an eventful year for industrial business and land development, but it was also good for small business, and particularly those that have gone online to target new markets. For example, Christine Russell found her market on Instagram with her children's clothing line, Rustic Pickle, and orders increased faster than she could sew and so this year she outsourced the manufacturing of the clothes to a Toronto factory. She's also won the Medicine Hat Chamber of Commerce Export Award and the majority of her stuff is sold online and overseas, but she recently put some in a Medicine Hat store. Another business that's had really good success with online marketing is Stella Saint's Sweet Peer Honey she owns an apiary in saskatchewan and originally started selling her product at the farmers markets and found that online sales helped bridge the gap between the seasons so sweet pure honey expanded this year as well and it includes a raw clover honey and a honey cinnamon spread in addition to a line of skincare and cosmetics Um, her website remains the hub of sales and she's got some new wholesale clients which means her products will be found in more stores.
1: To see Christine and Stella succeed, not just through a small retail store, but also online, the online sales that are experienced across the country, across the world has certainly changed, especially over the last two or three years. I'm not sure what's driving it other than convenience, uh, more than anything, and cost. It was at one time, a pretty expensive to be able to ship things from a central warehouse or anything else. And I think with the pullback in the cost of oil and that the fuel is a little bit cheaper, uh, whether it be for an airplane or a truck or what have you, there's more of an appetite from a price standpoint to shop online. For Stella and Christine, for example, you have an opportunity for a small business owner to basically have a global market at their doorstep so you can if you market yourself properly and you can get out in front and be heard uh, be successful and in Medicine Hat you have the benefit of a very low cost operating environment so the benefit they have there is by being able to be in a place like Medicine Hat they're able to keep their costs low and compete not just in price but uh, also with respect to sending it to their customers.
0: Last month, I promised an update on the Medicine Hat Meat Traders. They're a local company that makes a line of beef jerky and sells it online and wholesale. The CEO, Greg Powell, went to Calgary for a five-month program at District Ventures. That's Canada's only incubator for consumer packaged goods companies. He said it was a great experience and he made some new connections and he would encourage other entrepreneurs to look into the program if they're also planning an expansion. And while some are looking beyond Medicine Hat to grow their business and careers, many have looked into the city for a good career and life in general. A lot was happening in 2017 with young professionals moving to the city, the craft beer industry, and two New York Times articles that highlighted the success of the city's Housing First strategy and Heritage Fund. So those two articles put a spotlight on Medicine Hat and... How is that even important to, for a wider audience to know about that?
1: I think once you see something like the New York Times talk about a place like Medicine Hat, it can only help us. There's no such thing as bad publicity, whether it's a good or a bad story. <laughs> These were very, uh, It was very interesting that the New York Times would actually single out Medicine Hat. It's interesting because, because we have our own utility, uh, and they did mention that we're like a wealthy little country, And while some folks might disagree with the fact that we're uh, a wealthy little country or like a wealthy little country, it's very important that we are able to present ourselves on the international stage as being a self-sustaining or a a smaller version of a larger uh, entity so that we can handle larger employers that might be looking to move here and leverage the power that I talked about earlier and the land costs that uh, we discussed through development and everything else And people want to come live, work and play in a community that has those features and those services. So having all those things built out and having the extra capacity through the power that we talked about is uh, very important. The New York Times article is really the icing on the cake.
0: The New York Times articles definitely put us in the spotlight. But other people came here for other reasons than the New York Times. So there were some fresh faces in town. Um, we had a new engineer who was selected over, out of over 250 applicants, and he sought out our city because of its proximity to the Canada's Defence and Research Centre at CFB Suffield. He knew that there might be some you know, interesting work in our city. Yeah, it turns out we have some great jobs in Medicine Hat that you wouldn't think about.
1: We do have a lot of different types of jobs. We did discuss earlier about having some skills with relation, in relation to, rather, the uh, fabrication sector and oil and gas and gas extraction. There are a ton of professionals here. There are a lot of people, whether it be uh, engineers or uh, lawyers, accountants, doctors, there's a significant government presence here because of our location in relation to the province Uh, the government of Alberta uh, and the government of Canada but specifically Alberta has Medicine Hat as its southeast corner uh, place to be and have their staff so a lot of those folks are professionals and have uh, uh, that type of skills.
0: We've got a lot of great jobs in Medicine Hat but there's also some other interesting ones that developed in the last year, like, I don't know, Brewmaster? We go. had two craft breweries open up within the past year. Yes, we did. And they celebrated their one-year anniversary. But there's also been some spin-offs from that industry, too, which has been really good to see. So we have a destination liquor store here. Trackside Liquor has a huge selection of craft beer, 65% of their shelf space, and Industry Pub... Has 75% of their beer selection from craft breweries, so it seems like there's more of an economic effect than just the brewery itself.
1: Yeah, and you know when we started uh, doing looking into the craft beer or the breweries market, uh, and this would have been going back to late 2015 when we started to point out that there is an opportunity for a craft brewery or craft breweries in Metznet. We certainly didn't expect the kind of uptake that has happened as a result of it. We have two with another one on the way, but it's a nano brewery. And uh, you know, what you've seen with the community embracing them in the way of them (laughs) drinking, uh, we also see the retailers going, wow, like this is, and it's good beer. It's one thing to, you know, have someone develop not a very good beer, but these are very good beers and, and are recognized not just locally, but also throughout the province and even in the country. So I think as you see online opportunities happen, uh, although it's, it's more difficult for them to do that here through the industry, you're going to start to see uh, an opportunity for more spin-offs of Crappery. They uh, had Medisnap Brewing Company just opened a restaurant. Uh, so again, just continuing to evolve.
0: We will continue to see it evolve more, but some people question if maybe crafters have hit their peak. So what do you think? Have they hit their peak?
1: You know what? I think the market will make that determination. Um, There certainly has been a significant amount of uh, breweries open, especially in the Calgary-Edmonton corridor, both in Calgary and Edmonton and also in between. I think down here, we're still in a pretty good spot. But at the same time, the market really does determine that. I read somewhere in an article that was shared with me by you that uh, 90% of the people still drink, will call them national or international brands. So the market is still there. I think it's just a matter of how they can capture more of what we'll call their traditional beer market and bring them over into the craft beer side. So I, I believe that they'll do just fine but it's just a matter of them actually grabbing a little bit more market share because the market's there it's just a matter of bringing it back to uh, the craft beer side as opposed to the traditional side
0: interesting well it'll be good to see how that plays out it will yeah and i can't wait till that new brewery opens up down the street i know
1: (laughs) it's just down the street from our place so it's going to be interesting whether or not we can make it through the day yeah see
0: (laughs) okay so thanks for listening to the podcast next month we'll talk about what can be expected for 2018 and explore the business of petrochemicals you can find us online at investmedicinehat.ca and facebook twitter linkedin instagram and itunes